Hello, and welcome to Two Player Bros. I'm Mike. With me, as always, is Dave. And today we're doing a post game on Hellblade Senwa's Sacrifice. The episode you were supposed to see earlier, but got delayed because I broke, I broke all my stuff. <laughs> you broke all your stuff. So we're back. We're talking about Hellblade, available on PS4, Xbox, or Switch, or PC by the company Ninja Theory. Came out two years ago. No, not 2007 or 17, which is three years ago now. Time flies, man. Time does fly, <laughs> as they say. I just woke up. You did just wake up. <laughs> it's 8.51 at night. <laughs> so we both played through this game because we both knew that, well, we both heard really good things about it, and Hellblade 2 is coming out on Xbox Series X at some point. So we decided we were going to take a look at what this game is and why everybody seems to really like it. Indeed. And I think we both have differing opinions about it, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I guess we'll find we'll out. out. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so I guess we'll go into what we always do, gameplay, then story. So I think this game, more than most of the post games we do, the gameplay is very linked to the story. Because I, I don't think you can talk about the story without talking about the voices. And I don't think you can talk about the gameplay without talking about the voices. I disagree. I mean, why can't you talk about the gameplay? Oh, I think you can. I just think that they're also intrinsically linked. Like the voices are part of both. They just, they're a big part of how the story goes and then the theme of the game. But also they, I think they affect how you would play or why you would maybe choose not to play this game. I agree to disagree. Are we going to start with our vague thoughts on it or yeah, well, are you yeah, jumping yeah. right into the story? Because you're, no, you're, you're really throwing me off. Let's here, talk man. about our vague, our Give vague thoughts. Wiggle. Dave, give, give me your vagueness. <laughs> Um, so this is a game that was like really heavily lauded. Um, I've heard so many good things about it over the past couple of years and I've been excited to check it out. Um, and I, for whatever reason, I just never got around to it, but it was there on game pass. And I said, you know what, let's, let's jump into this one. We need, we got, we need something to play. Um, I totally can see why it is, you know, as praised as it is and why it has the audience that it has um, and what people love about it. It's definitely not a game for me. Um, you know, we talk on the podcast all the time about me and my stupid anxieties and how I don't like sneaky, horror things. <laughs> I was having trouble playing it to start because I thought it was going to be a horror game. Never really turned out to be one as I kept going. Mm -hmm. Um, but the gameplay itself was kind of designed to heighten anxiety. And I don't know if it's intentional or not, or if it's just clunky, <laughs> <laughs> but it had me real stressed out. It made it very difficult to play. I, I didn't even finish it. I ended up uh, watching a let's play for the last two or so hours of the campaign just because like, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that as someone who doesn't really get anxiety when they play games, I often found myself, this is a game you can't play without headphones, or I, I don't think you can really, because the surround sound with the voices. She's got, you our should. main character has psychosis, by the way, so she hears voices talking to her. And there were times I had to stop and, like, take the headphones off. Like, it, it became too much for me at certain points where I was just like, I, I feel like there's someone behind me right now. I, I have to just take a, a second. See, it was, it was weird, because, like, I know that 
I don't know how to articulate it properly. Do you, so you were actually stopping because the game was stressing you out in a way that you feel was intentional by the game's design? Yes. Okay. I feel like you were supposed to get that heightened anxiety to the point where people who have experienced this, like, like break when they break, like it just, it became too much for me where I had to take the headphones off for a second and go, thank God I don't have this. And I have the ability to pause because <laughs> this is, I can't take any more voices right now. See the voices were my favorite part of the game. Oh, mine like, too. I loved the, the people like whispering in my ear and like making me trying to make me question everything I was doing. Um, they weren't ever stressing me out at all. It was really just like the stupid, you know, like world puzzles of trying to like find the, the glyphs in the world. Like, you know, you have to find like symbols to mm-hmm. open up gates, um, essentially kind of like the Riddler puzzles in, um, in Batman. Correct. Where it's just like align the question mark. But in this case, it's align the symbol that kind of sort of looks like a K, but might not be. <laughs> <laughs> These twigs look like that symbol, right? <laughs> Um, and I was just getting so stressed trying to find those symbols. (laughs) Um, and then like, I think I would have that symbol and I'd be trying to line it up and it'd be like, nah. (laughs) And then I'd like take a half step to the left and be like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, just something about it was just really like just stressing me out. I was just getting so angry at the game. And I, I, again, I couldn't tell if it was on purpose or not, but it's cool. (laughs) <laughs> combat's really fun <laughs> the combat is really good the combat is other than the like the psychosis parts and the, the the voices and that overall feel of the game i think the combat is super solid maybe not very deep yeah, but that, it feels really good that's the the big thing about this game i think that the combat feels really really good but it's like just like layer one and there's nothing beyond that, you know, I, <laughs> every enemy feels the same. I know you, you were telling me that there's like four or five different enemies. Yep. To me, there's guy with a shield guy with no shield. They're all, the, they're all the same outside of that. Um, from what I was seeing, the sword feels really good though. It feels nice and heavy in her hands. I like the way she swings and, but it was just like a little overly simple. I would have liked a little more to do during the combat sections. And I probably would have liked more combat sections as well. There's not really that much combat. I mean, for almost half half the game you're playing, your sword is broke. <laughs> yeah, there's a huge section where you're doing three puzzles that are take up, yeah, probably a good 30, 33% of the game. Um, and that was kind of a bummer. The, I know I say this about so many games, and even playing this game, which is only seven hours yeah, long. seven-ish, yeah it's just too long. (laughs) And I I know I'm, I'm probably just asking for too much here, but like, this is such a cool tech demo and it really shows what Ninja theory is capable of, like with this kind of stuff, but it never gets any deeper than that first layer. And I know they made this game for like $10 million, which is insane based on for the quality of game that they produced. Yeah. It does feel like an actual studio backed AAA game. Yeah, they they said that they were trying to find the middle between indie game and you know triple A game. I think they were referring it referring to it as a triple I game at one point uh, during <laughs> development, if I remember correctly. Uh, and yeah, it just I'm excited to see them with within Microsoft now mm-hmm. because maybe you know the I mean Hellblade the next one definitely is going to have a bigger budget. Like that seems obvious, right? So. 
I would imagine they the trailer that they showed, the small teaser, which I've watched again since beating the game, is supposed to be all in-game footage. Or all in-engine footage, they say. That which could mean anything. anything. But from what we've seen, it's like that's I don't care crazy. about you know I don't care about graphics. Like, but that I can't I can't imagine them not based on also what we've seen, that the game is just going to be larger. It just looks like for sure with what they teased, it's gonna be a bigger game. Which means bigger combat. You can't not expand the combat in that game. I, I don't even care if it's longer. I just want it to be a deeper experience while you're playing it, like mechanically. Like the story wise, when we get into that, like there's a lot of depth there, mm-hmm. obviously, and a lot of complexity to that, which I'm probably not qualified to speak on, but we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll take a crack at it. Um, but I just, yeah, I just wish there was a little more to the combat uh, to make it a little more compelling and a little bit more of it while also shortening the game and distilling, if they are going to keep it the way it is, just kind of distill it down into this is honestly, if this was a four hour experience, I would have been like game of the generation, <laughs> <laughs> but you also watched most of it and didn't play it. I feel like that would make it seem longer than it is too. No, I like I said, I watched two hours of it. I ended up, pl- I originally with our first version of this, mm-hmm. I had watched about four hours of it, but I went back and I tried to play it this weekend Ooh. and I put another two or so. in. <laughs> <laughs> proud of you. And when I was watching it, I was watching it one and a half speed, Mike. So uh, <laughs> I made it feel quicker. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't feel it was too long. I felt like it was the perfect length. I, I would like more combat because the combat was fun. I think it's more that but. it's what we enjoy in games is the difference here. Sure. The idea of wandering around, like exploring the world and just like looking at the environments and stuff, which is what most of this game is, is definitely more your cup of tea than mine. Sure. Absolutely. Um, yep. And we'll we'll get into world shortly, I'm sure, because we usually transition into story through world. There is <laughs> I do have some comments on the world. <laughs> Although I guess we're kind of done with gameplay, gameplay already, yeah, right? There's I, not a ton there. I mean, in terms of the combat, I just think I don't know if you want to talk about. I know you like some of the boss sequences and stuff. If the boss sequences those, were fun. To. There were a couple of them where it kind of didn't work that well. I thought the combat didn't work with the dragon boss. It just the combat is built for melee combat against melee combat. Like you're fighting another person around your size. And for when you were fighting the dragon, it just felt like it was trying to be like an MMO fight. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that didn't work. I was just swinging randomly. But for the most part, I enjoyed the combat. I don't like overly complex combat either. Like I like Batman combat up to a point, And then when it becomes too complicated, I hate it. Like Ghost of Tsushima was kind of perfect for me. But I know you even wanted more complexity to that. And we don't have to talk about ghosts here, but yeah, yeah, no, I need something way more like ghosts was like the perfect base layer as well. That just needs more on top of it. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit more than, than this game, but I just don't know how much more I would like before it got too complicated for me where I was like, I'm done learning. I'm just going to hit these buttons and hope I win. <laughs> um, But definitely. Ghost is way more complicated than this game. I just think this game feels so good. The combat that I'm cool with the way it is like adding another layer. I don't know what they would add, like ranged combat to be have a whole new fight mechanic, but to the melee, I don't know, more more of a parry system or counterattack system, but I don't know. I'm not a person it's, who likes complex combat. The thing is, it, all those systems are there, like on the surface, like you have a parry and you have a like a kick, counter, yeah, um, and you have all these moves. I just don't feel like you ever need to use them. It's really just 
I didn't know I had the kick till the end of the game. It's <laughs> exactly. It's really just, you know, use your heavy strike and then parry. And it's a very, very, very gracious parry timer. Um, so like if you miss a parry, like you really suck. You really you <laughs> re- I'm not I'm done telling people they suck if they can't parry. <laughs> Specifically you. <laughs> um but yeah, if you miss that parry window, it's that's on you, bud. It's it's on you for sure. <laughs> it's really gracious. And as soon as you kill an enemy, it auto focuses on the next enemy to where like you should always be ready for what's coming next, which I actually really think makes the combat kind of cinematic and really cool the way it you kill someone and a new guy like phases into existence, mm-hmm. but your camera like jerks to him suddenly yes. in a really in a really like intense and engaging way. I really do like that about the combat. So the lock on, like you said, is also it works really well in this game. For sure, especially because the encounters are usually only you're usually only fighting two, maybe sometimes three people at once. Um, and then once you kill one, a new one will like phase in, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But you're never like overwhelmed by enemies. It's always a very personal, a very intimate encounter with the enemy that you're fighting. Speaking of the uh the combat and stuff like you do, like that's the slow-mo. I really like the way they handled slow-mo in the game when your mirror loads up and you get enough to stop time. Mm-hmm. I think that was handled really well with the attacks doing really quick damage, mirroring their ti- their very slow reactions to it was very cinematic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very pretty looking game in that, in that sense, for sure. The idea of permadeath was kind of interesting. I know you, you mentioned that it's actually not really there. That's just another psychological thing they added on top of the game. Yeah. I had read articles where they purposely tried to die a bunch of times. And depending on the section, the black growth on your arm would only get so far. Interesting. So even by the last fight, it would only get as far as like your neck, and it would never go further than that. Yeah, and just for the audience, I guess they they tell you early in the game, the more you die, that you know that there's a darkness inside of you that's corrupting your body, and you can see it growing on you every time you die. And they say eventually, you'll get a game over. Yeah, if you get so to the head, you'll you, get permadeath. They literally say permadeath. You get so you get real nervous about it, but then apparently that's all just a psychological <laughs> trick that they're playing. I guess that's kind of a spoiler. Maybe I should have saved that for story, but I guess it's gameplay. Yeah, it's gameplay. I don't know. <laughs> I got it up to I think like the top of uh, the bottom of my shoulder, and then mine kind of cut. Gotcha. That's as far as I got mine. Yeah, I only died two or three times. I didn't. I didn't notice it growing. Yeah, the for the first time you die, it doesn't grow at all. I was like, oh wait, so it doesn't count. <laughs> Although the first time I died, it was bullshit because I was trying to go through the fire like. There's one section where you're setting fires and you have to jump through this doorway. The voices told me to go one way and I listened to them because I'm an idiot. And I quickly learned that was the wrong way. I ran back, actually busted through the door, but it, I guess I lost the very last millisecond and still died. Now, you said that the voices help you in combat. I never noticed them like helping me. When someone appears behind you and you don't hear them, they'll be like, touch, or, or they'll be like, block, or watch out. And then you have to block and let it because the person will be attacking right behind you. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I in the moment I probably noticed that, but it didn't really register with me. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense because the voices are you. So why would they want to die? They mm-hmm. might put you down and make fun of you. But in the end, if you die, they die. So when it comes to combat, they actually kind of assist you. Hmm. Um, How do you feel about the the world itself? I mean, other than being gorgeous. is a little. A little bleak, a little, I mean, I know that's the kind of whole tone of the game, but 
there were moments of beauty in the game, especially when you flash back to your your settlement in like a beautiful day. You see this tree and it becomes all bright, sunny flowers and stuff like that. Yeah. But a lot of it kind of dragged me down, although the graphics were amazing. It was very humdrum for most of it. Yeah, it was all I mean, and it makes sense. This game takes place in like Ireland or what's I think just like she is Irish herself. She's a um, she's a Pict. And then she's going up north. I don't know as far as like the Viking lands, but definitely in one of their islands they had already taken over above north of Ireland. But yeah, it definitely has that like that northern dreary, rainy kind of vibe to all the worlds. For sure. And it's it's kind of just like a more a reflection on their budget, but I felt like most environments felt exactly the same. Like I didn't really feel like I was exploring new areas as I was going. I yeah. It gets a little darker here or a little more like ruinous here, but it all just felt like I was in the same place, which makes sense because I think you're in her village the whole time, you know, right. You're not. Oh, you don't think she actually goes anywhere? No, I don't think. Why do you think she's actually like on an adventure? I think she I goes we'll... to an Island and then, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it, but yeah, but I, I do agree. A lot of it's kind of like copy and paste. Like, you arrive on this boat on the shoreline and then you get into this wider area where there's a bridge and it looks gorgeous. Now, all of it looks gorgeous. But then as soon as you cross the bridge, there's some ruins and you get off the bridge when you've lost your sword and it just looks like a slightly altered version of the same area, the same broken ships, the same muddy shore that you saw before. Yeah, and it, it all is beautiful. It just, I just feel like it wears on you after a while. It just kind of never changes. You don't really get unique landscapes or anything like that which is one thing I like about the Hellblade 2 stuff that they've shown so far. Like one of the features they've shown is like the location scouting and stuff. So you ha- that to me, that must mean that they're like taking environments like into heavy consideration and hopefully we'll get a nice varied. I would imagine. Yeah. You know? That's what it seems like. Yeah. But yeah, I would agree with that. That's, I think that's why I, one of my favorite parts of the game is when she flashes back and everything's flowers and, and you see the sunlight coming through. Cause it's like, Oh man, look at that. That's what it can be. Cool. And I guess we're ready to jump into story. Sure. Um, so spoilers, warnings, as always, I guess. I don't know. I'm sleepy, Mike. <laughs> sorry, dude. So, yeah. I'm very low energy. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to talk about the story a lot and with the story in this game. A lot? Yeah. I mean, this is just... I have a ton to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can go into the game without talking about spoilers at, at any, any point in this because everything ties into kind of the overall theme of the game which is mental health which is a big part of this game and i think in that aspect they handle the story of this game and they handle senwa incredibly well from what i've seen and from what i've seen in documentaries about this game and the people who they talk to talking about their experiences and how it relates to this game the voices in your head adding the shapes that you have to compare that's another symptom of psychosis for some people they see shapes everywhere and they become obsessed with finding the patterns in the world the voices in people's head the darkness thinking that everything has a meaning like there must be a deeper meaning to everything from birth to death to lunch Mm -hmm. uh but i think it's handled with care and Mm -hmm. i think in terms of senua she's still a hero and she's a very strong character yeah no she's very interesting and um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think they do they do a great job of turning her turning that mental health into how people would react to it 
back in her day, like hundreds of years ago. Like we we've barely even scratched the surface, I think, now with all of our science, medicine, and technology. But back then, you know, she's looked upon as having powers, but also there are these dark powers that she has. She's cursed. Do wait. They think she has powers? At first, her mother says she's gifted. Her mother was a priestess. Mm-hmm. And so she's got the sight. She can see the demons in the real world and she can see the signs of the gods. But then as things go and her mother passes away, her father believes that she's cursed and that she'll only have a curse upon her. The voices are demons who have taken over her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the darkness has infected her, right? Is the Right, yep. Um. It's it's interesting to see how like driven of a character she is. I think that's what I like most about her. Oh, for um, sure. Like I can't imagine being her, you know, and having like these voices like berating me the entire time and and whispering about me and and talking shit and <laughs> but she's just like so determined and so driven to get to hell and uh and save her save love, Dillian's yeah. Dillian is his name? Dillian, yep. She's trying to save her boyfriend, her lover Dillian, who was sacrificed to the gods by the Vikings who invaded her island. Yeah. Um and yeah, just like her determination in at the end where she literally says like just kill him. Like what what happened at the end? Like at the end she fights um, Hella. Hella for the soul of Dillian to release him from hell and either bring him back to life or to bring him to heaven. I'm not sure exactly. It's unclear whether she wants Dillian to just go to heaven or if she wants to bring him back to life, but either way, she wants to save his soul. Okay. And toward the end, it's an infinite boss fight. It's an infinite fight where you're going to fight bad guys till you die. And when she loses, she's just like, well, if I can't be with Dillian, just kill me. If I can't win, just kill me. Well, that that's what I remember. It's like it it was almost like a win-win for her. It was either Dillian is going to come back or I'm going to die and be with Dillian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like she kind of says that as much somewhere in the, in the mix there. Mm-hmm. But no, and her, her drive, her ability to get back up every time she gets knocked down, which is a bunch of times in this. <laughs> and even when you see her flashbacks, like her father putting her in a pit with spikes and it's like, you got to stay down there so you don't see the voices. <laughs> Her very last ditch attempt to get rid of the voices was to go live in the woods by herself for who knows how long. And it wasn't until she came back she saw Dillian, but he was all half rotted if that flashback is true and not just part of her brain. So <laughs> she was gone for a long time. Um, so you think that she was actually like on, ad- on an adventure? Do you think she actually traveled to hell or it was, do you think that part's? I think she traveled to a Viking island with all those bodies around, but the actual that had a bunch of ritualistic stuff. But I think in terms of seeing the gods and monsters, I don't know if that's true. I would imagine that's more not true than true, but I think she definitely left. I guess the, I guess like the real linchpin that I have, and you could easily just take this away from me. (laughs) (laughs) is just that one scene where, uh, you know, it's of, you see her homeland. Uh, the setting turns into that. And the setting just like seamlessly transitions into where she is there. Mm-hmm. So like to me, I was like, that's when I was like, oh, okay. This, she actually is just like literally on a psychotic journey right here at home. Like 
especially the tree itself. It like branch for branch. It seems like it's an identical tree unless I was like just too focused on that. No, I, mean, I think there's a lot of trees that look the same. <laughs> I think in that respect, that could be true. But I think I have to imagine the ruins and the the bodies and everything that that has to be real. So I don't know. It's her log journey. I, I have to imagine she's actually moving. And if the things aren't real, she's at least moving through this world and everything else is just fake. She's slashing the air at nothing, maybe. But I have to imagine her adventure itself is real. I don't know. But I could be wrong. But yeah, I don't. This I, is, uh, yeah. This is why I said I'm not qualified enough to speak on, you know, psychosis and everything. I think it's perfectly possible that in psychosis, obviously, she's just, that's all in her mind. She's broke. She completely broke. But I think that. It's also possible that she heard of this island from uh, Druth, who is a Pict who got enslaved by the Vikings and learned all about their customs. And he has become this kind of priest that lives within both worlds. Of course, he's died by the time you've, you're learning about him and hearing his voice. But Druth has, I don't know what aspect of her Druth is, but even Druth has to be a part of her. Oh, yeah. Right? She's, he's definitely her memory talking to her you know he answers her questions as if he was right there so he's definitely altered by her memory of him i do really enjoy how all of her flashbacks truth when she sees her mother and she sees her father that's live action actors faded mm -hmm. against the backgrounds and stuff i yeah, think that makes it, it very, very interesting. interesting yeah um i don't know i'm just thinking about truth now <laughs> <laughs> do you not think truth was real no, I, I mean, he must be someone from her past. Yeah. But like every time, like. I really don't know. I, I can't. I don't know. It's all in. It's all in her. I really feel like it's all in her head. I don't think she ever even leaves the village. But, um, but you know, you find these stones and some guy just starts talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> he starts telling the story. Well, stories that kind of relate to her, as they relate to her. They sometimes seem like obviously each level of the game, they're one single story told over how many, many runes you find. But that first they tell the creation of Viking mythology, and then they start kind of just telling singular fables within it. But they're all very interesting, a couple of which I had never even heard before. So I really enjoyed some of that. Yeah. I don't want to just like make stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I'd be doing if I said what I'm about to say. <laughs> but like, I got the impression during the game, and I don't know where I'm getting this. I can't give you examples or anything. It was just like the connection that clicked in my brain as I was doing it was that Druth was her father or an aspect of her father. Um, and then Druth also comments about her father specifically later in the game about how her father actually traded the location of her village for, uh, to the Vikings, right. In exchange for his life. Yeah. So if you get all the runes, the very final, it's called the secret ending, but really it's just kind of an addition to the ending is truth basically says, and the main priest of your Island, who is her father, is the main is the real traitor like truth had did some bad things in his day um under orders as a slave but her father basically is a slaver 
see, I, I guess I just assumed because we were all like psychological and everything the whole time mm-hmm. that even Druth was just like her dad, just like not, not owning up to what he did. <laughs> oh no, I got her dad but, was definitely a different flashback and he was the evil, evil voice. Not that Druth and the evil voice were two parts of a whole. I never got that. I got that Druth was somebody else. It, yeah. I, not qualified to yeah. talk about this game. <laughs> I, I got the truth with somebody she had met who didn't have psychosis, but had his own issues. So they connected in their life. But that truth had since passed probably when, whenever Dillian got, got, he probably was also in the village whenever got attacked. Mm. But I definitely like truth. I think the actor who portrays Ruth is really good. I was very impressed when I found out that Senwa was actually played by just a member of the development team. Yeah, Ninja Theory. I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, it's very interesting. She was a stand-in who they were just like, nah, you're good. <laughs> because really the whole game hinges on how well she acts, her her voiceover and her mocap. And it's it's all fantastic. You know, she she is the game, you know. Um, it's one hundred percent a dive into that one character and and how she handles the situation she's in or whatever. But yeah, it's she did a great job. <laughs> What are we at on time? 30 minutes. That was my goal to get over 30 minutes. <laughs> but if you got more. <laughs> uh, well, within the world, we talk about like the, the Viking thing. I feel like I learned more about North mythology than I've, than I even learned in God of War and stuff like that. Like the, the nitty gritty stuff that they don't usually get into. Like the, the gross stuff, like Loki killing the one guy because he can't die. And, the different like lesser gods that you fight a couple times, like uh, the bird guy at the beginning, uh, Bal Robin, Bal Robin, yeah, it's just really interesting. And the idea of the Vikings being these monsters, whereas most of the time nowadays, Vikings are seen as these more or less good guys or just like these conquerors, but not as animalistic as maybe they're portrayed in this game as being just this evil. Um, I can't remember the last time Vikings have been really portrayed as. The bad guys. I mean, I feel like Vikings are always kind of just like seen as pillagers and bad guys. I can't think of many examples of them not being portrayed that way. Well, in God of War, obviously, his her, his uh, son is a Viking of sorts. Uh, in the movie, in the TV show Vikings, they're seen as he's not a Viking. He lives in the woods. <laughs> well, they're Norsemen, so they're 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 Vikings. They're just Vikings that don't go. <laughs> I don't know if that counts, but <laughs> uh, in the TV show Vikings, they are seen as pillagers, but they're seen as kind of they have no choice. This is their lifestyle. They're nomads, and that when they conquer, they're not necessarily all bad, and they have the sense of honor. But in this, they're really seen as yeah. But have you been one of the people they conquer? <laughs> And I just thought that was very interesting. I think that the combination is just fantastic. Taking the taking a game, and we're going to talk about mental health issues. But we're going to do it within this really cool fantasy world um, that that still feels real and is very dark. Is much different from a lot of the games you see on like Steam or these other independent games, where it's like, hey, we're trying to talk about mental health, and it's done in this really artsy cartoon kind of way. Yeah, this is like I've dirty. The big example is like Celeste is a game that yes dives deep into mental health and depression and like, you know, loneliness. Um, but, you know, I'll 
I'll go out there and I'll catch strawberries all day. <laughs> um, you never really feel that dread. They they talk about it, but they don't try to make you feel it. At least not like this game does. Right. And as I was playing this game, I kept thinking of, I had watched this Anderson Cooper, it was like a 10 minute report where a group of researchers in New York City had created this this 24 hour tape that you can play. You put your AirPods in and you just walk around all day. And these voices talk to you, just like if you had psychosis. And you see Anderson Cooper try to go about his day. He has his um, uh, husband record him. And there are times where he just stops writing reports, where he goes and just walks. And he puts his head down. And at at the end, at like 5 o'clock, he just gives up and takes the headphones out. And I was just reminded of that that I played this game because there were times where I couldn't take it. And I just, (laughs) the only time I could really identify with someone who has these issues. You know, you see it in movies and stuff, but you're like, okay. There's two hour experiences and you get to see outside the body. But when you're experiencing it, it's awful. Like I can't imagine <laughs> living with these voices in my head 24 seven, constantly putting me down, trying to trick me and, and just the distraction that they cause when you're trying to think mm. just mind boggling. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm very interested. Hey, this is one of the most beautiful games out there right now which is really impressive for a small scale and i'm very interested to see where they would take the sequel because this game is very self-contained yeah i don't know what they can do for a sequel i'm very intrigued by that i mean the teaser shows are either about to fight the vikings or maybe i got the feeling like she looks like she is becoming one herself i mean i can't even remember any like teaser for this other than i remember the location scouting a couple months ago that's really a um, brief teaser is she's like isn't there one where chanting. she's like on a pyre or something? There's a pyre. There's like this weird symbol on a pyre and she's chanting some weird chant and done up in all this face paint, like even more than she was before. And there are these people behind her in all these weird clothes, this weird like ritualistic clothes. And then she stops and she looks like she's ready to attack. Yeah, it's I'm very intrigued to what they do with the sequel. And I'm definitely going to give it a shot, regardless of how I felt about this game, just because. I really want to know what they do with it because it is such a self-contained story and because it dives so deeply into mental health. I'm curious if they would really feel like they need to take another swing at that. Like this this is one of those games where I'd say, no, you don't need a sequel. Like, and I'm someone, when I like a game, give me all the sequels, just keep pumping them out. Yeah. Um, But there are some games where it's like, no, you, you did exactly what you set out to do. Maybe it's time to, you know, let this character, rest (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think there's definitely a a chance of overplaying her or undervaluing her by making a sequel and taking away your point of mental health it's just like if you make a bigger game you're minimalizing your main point of the first game yeah that's the that's the big thing for like everything that i was complaining about earlier that i wished that this game would change if they made a new game and they made those changes it would completely diminish everything about this game. Um, You can't make a new Hellblade and not take mental health just as seriously and not have it be front and center, you know, the bulk of the game. If we go to play Hellblade 2 and it's just Assassin's Creed, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people are going to feel really burned by that. For sure, yeah. I, I mean, I don't... I'm not saying that that's what it's going to be. I think they're going to take it seriously. Um, they seem like they were really 
took it seriously this time. So that I think they know how important of a subject it is. So I don't think we have to worry about that, but I just can't imagine like the pressure of making a sequel to this game it has to be pretty intense from them. For oh, yeah. them. I mean, look at last of us. We didn't, we said we didn't need a sequel from that. And we got a sequel that burned a lot of people. Did I say we didn't need a sequel for last? Well, not starring the same characters. We had said that we didn't need a sequel, but if there was a sequel, it would have to deal with Ellie's issue and the lie. Yeah. Which it did did. explain, but you know, even though we got that, it's like, it still diminishes the first game. I think for a lot of people because of that. I mean, we're not going to, we don't have to get into the last. No, I don't, I don't want to get into it, but I think that that's going to be the same issue. I can't imagine making Hellblade two and then seeing the reviews for last of us Two come out and going, Oh, shit, we make a mistake. <laughs> it is kind of like a precious thing that they created that mm-hmm. any wrong step, which is for any sequel, I think, of when you're talking about stories, like especially like film and stuff, when you make a sequel to something that's beloved, you risk ruining it. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Well, hopefully I don't ruin it. <laughs> I hope not either. I'll say yeah. it looks pretty. If, if that in-game engine teaser that they showed with her shouting is the real game, yeah. Oh, the graphics are gonna be great. Yes. I love graphics. Just shut up about it. <laughs> but if it doesn't have that, that say heart, but theme running throughout it, seriously. But I'm excited to play it. Right now, I would say that's probably the Game Pass game I'm most excited for coming out. Over like Halo, other than Halo. Hmm. Um, Medium looks dope, but I think that's the one that's like that. That's gonna be exciting now. Now that I've played Hellblade. So now that you've played Hellblade, do you think that Hellblade can be, and I think you kind of already just said it can't be, but I'll ask anyway, <laughs> do you think this can be a a pillar for Xbox? As in like they keep making them? Yes. Like, you know, you've got your major franchises. You've got your Halos, your Gears of Wars, your Forza. Can Hellblade be one of those pillars? Yes. But I feel like regardless of how good this next game is, it would have to be Hellblade in name and theme, but it couldn't be Senua. Like, I can't see you doing 30 Senua games and keeping it just as serious and keeping her story as as focused as it needs to be. But absolutely, the Hellblade as a franchise, if you do it well enough, you can do a bunch of them. But you think they'd have to stick with the mental health and psychosis the whole way through? Mental health, the psychosis, or the world, and then just figure out how to make that world as interesting as using psychosis as your basis. But I don't think, I think you run the risk of lessening Senua if you keep sending her on adventures. Mm-hmm. It's She's not Laura Croft, or even um, Alloy from Horizon Zero Dawn, or Master Chief. You, she can only do so many adventures. Yeah, you, you just kind of feel bad for her the whole way through. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let her die <laughs> at some point it just becomes torture porn you know <laughs> yeah for sure um, do you think she it could become a franchise with this pillar i mean i think right now it's a big selling point but not as a franchise maybe you know you were saying that we said that we didn't want a last of us two. i don't remember that specifically um well, but, i wanted the world but i didn't but didn't want joel and ellie but this game more than anything, like I can't imagine what you would do for a sequel for this game. Um, so as for whether or not it can be a pillar, I guess that hinges on the next game. 
and we'll see exactly what they have in mind for the future of Hellblade. Um, if they have a future in mind for Hellblade, or mm-hmm. maybe the next one is, maybe there is just this one other story that they really wanted to tell, or maybe the game that we've got here was only half of what they wanted to do, but they couldn't on the budget they had. So, okay. maybe, so maybe they have more in mind that they weren't able to flesh out. Um, but I guess we'll see with the next game if it's a franchise or if it's just a really great story. Yeah. I don't know. Well um, but overall <laughs> I'd say, no, I don't think it, right now. I, no, I don't think it'd be a pillar, but we'll, right. we'll see. <laughs> gotcha. All right. And it's kind of a shorter one today. It's a shorter game, shorter game, <laughs> shorter game. And I'm not qualified to talk about it. <laughs> Not a psychiatrist. I would say if you did like the game, you know, you download it, check out that documentary that's attached because it's really interesting. Yeah, I didn't need to check that out. It's only 24, 24 minutes, I think, but it's it's really good. Cool. Yeah. All right. So where do we go from here? Um, what's next week? Next week, if this was the news episode, would be Sunset Overdrive or it could be news oh, or yeah, it could be Avengers. Me. Because right now we're pushing Avengers down pretty far. We can go news and then Avengers and then do Sunset Overdrive after that. Since ain't nothing coming out till November. <laughs> let's let's play it by ear, guys. Let's play <laughs> it by ear. So uh we'll see you next week. All right. <laughs> Can't tell you what we're gonna do. Did you did you play did you finish Sunset Overdrive? I'm about Or have you not played since we last I'm about sixty percent done now, seventy percent? So yeah, I played a little bit more. Maybe we'll just do three post games in a row then. Ooh. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. We're gonna do Sunset Overdrive next week. Let's do it. Ooh. Lock it in. Sunset Overdrive <laughs> next week, post game. I'm Mike Butler. And it sucks because there's so much Xbox news that I wanted to talk about. That's it. <laughs> We'll see you next time. Keep on gaming. Keep on gaming.